It is uh, Matt Mosley's show with Stephen Simcox, ESPN Central Texas. And Eric Edholm uh, is uh, a longtime friend of mine and uh, Yahoo Sports NFL draft guru. Eric, we're so happy uh, you could fit us in. I have uh, this is a this is an exciting time, and you are coming down the stretch, man. There is you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. But, uh, Eric, you know, before we get rolling into some of these picks and, boy, the mock draft that had all the Cowboys fans going, oh, whoa, what's Eric know? What's Eric know about this? Um, love this all-juice team that you guys yeah. worked on. I've seen some of the, uh, the you know, you can buy some all-juice, like sweatshirts. I've seen you in a cool shirt when you're doing some of these interviews. But uh, that is to uh, – uh, to honor your late colleague, and it's so sad yeah. that that's happened. He was so young. We lost him tragically, uh, Therese Paler. Uh, and um, uh, talk a little bit about the, uh, if you would, the the all the how the all juice team came about, and then mm-hmm. um, and then I, I've loved reading it. I've loved seeing some of the players on there. But it's something you guys put together to honor your colleague. Yeah, Therese was at the Kansas City Star in, I believe, 2015, if I'm not mistaken, and he was covering the Chiefs, and he loved the draft. I mean, the draft was his his baby. He was a draft geek and, uh, you know, loved grinding on the tape and loved finding the guys, you know, outside the first round and, you know, digging under rocks to, you know, picking scouts' brains to get the, the guys who were going to be seventh-rounders but were going to end up playing for a while in this league. So he created the All-Juice team, which was this effort – um, uh, let me here. Let me read it off my shirt here. As I say that, right? It's the effort, performance, and attitude. Those are kind of the three pillars. If you want to be on the team, you want to be one of the 22 vaunted members. Uh, you've got to have those three traits, and then obviously the explosive athleticism and everything that comes with it. But yeah, so Therese came over to Yahoo Sports, brought the tradition with him. It was a huge hit. He did it three years in a row. Big, you know, he really collected a following of, of draft fans, people outside of Kansas City, uh, for the work he put into it. And Therese unfortunately passed away on February 9th. We were all stunned. It was right after the Super Bowl. You know, he had a two-week vacation coming up, and I think it just it it really crushed a lot of us. And and one of the first things we decided, you know, we we knew that we wanted to honor him in some way, and you know, to keep the tradition going with the Juice team. So. Charles Robinson, uh, Pete Thamel, and I kind of put our heads together and came up with a team, and we just hoped that uh, Therese could uh, could look down and be proud. Of we think we made some good choices, and uh, it's been a lot of fun hearing people kind of reminisce and, and talk about Therese this week, and we had a, a lot of fun doing it, even even if it was bittersweet. Yeah, and uh, and it's been it's a really cool thing. And uh, and by the way, people, if you uh, if you go to that all juice team on Yahoo Sports, yeah. uh, you can actually click on you. You've got a link, and uh, folks can buy some of those things uh, to honor Therese. And what's great is that's going to go toward a scholarship at Howard in his yep. name. And uh, you know, obviously, uh, the HBCUs meant so much to him and in his life and his development. And uh, and so what you guys are doing is really really cool. And by the way, I like the uh, I always like to see who's down. You know, kind of like in that sixth round, uh, who made the old juice team. And um, uh, from TCU, Garrett Wallow, guy we know around yeah. here. And uh, he he uh, I guess there was something about that guy that uh, really grabbed your attention, Eric, when y'all were putting that team together. 
Yeah, super high energy player. You know, they they moved him early from safety to to linebacker. Uh, gave up a few pounds. You know, wasn't a big guy or anything like that, but just kind of the, you know, the f- frenetic pursuit ability he's got, and and you know, always being around the football. You know, great instincts, obviously, and and great effort that went into his play. I think, and really made himself into an NFL prospect in a lot of ways. And um, you know, it was fun to see his his career. You know, keep ascending a little bit and. Um, worked out well at his pro day. And yeah, I mean, I think he's one of those guys. I mean, there were about seven or eight guys that I said, I, I, I feel pretty good that if Perez didn't have him on their team, he would have made, you know, they would have made great alternates at the, at the very worst. So Garrett was one of those players. I feel like he, you know, just sort of embodies everything that the all juice team is about. Okay. Love the all juice. I'm going to get one of those sweatshirts and yeah, they're all they're again comfy. goes they're to really a, nice. Yeah, it goes to a great cause, and I, yeah. I've been seeing you on some of these videos. You're really relaxed looking in these things. You lean back <laughs> and kind of put your feet up, and I, I like your approach to that. And uh, I and need it also, this time of year. It's a stressful time of year, so whatever relaxation I can coax out of life, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, I yeah I I, uh, I I see I hear what you're saying, and uh, it is uh, Eric Edom joining the Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox, ESPN Central Texas. And before we hit your, uh, I, I, there's some fascinating things in your mock draft, and I, I forget whatever was going on the other day. It just was a great time to get to see your mock draft. It, it, it was a, yeah. it was really fun to kind of go over. Now I will say uh, I, I'm going to hit you with the Baylor question first. I was at pro day. The only, well, Baylor has a few guys that, and in fact, one guy, Spencer Drango, used to be in the league and is trying to get some attention and get back in. Some guys use the pro day for that. But William Bradley King is Baylor's big ticket this year. Like, that's the guy who has the best chance to go somewhere in this draft. Uh, in person, the guy is, you know, he, he he just jumps at you. You're like, oh, my gosh, who is this guy? Now, he's an edge rusher. You have uh, seen him, senior bowl, all that kind of stuff. Give me your assessment of William Bradley King and then where you think he'll probably end up going in this draft. Yeah, he was, I mean, he was on my radar before he transferred even. I mean, uh, you know, at Arkansas State, he had a, a really good year in 2019. Uh, forced fumbles like crazy. I mean, he's got he's got a bunch of them in his career. Sack numbers are good, not eye-popping, but good. And, and um, when he made the move, I thought it was a real great opportunity for him and, and, and played well. You know, I mean, he was, I think, what honorable mention, Big 12, or, you know, one of those, one of the top three teams. And um, you know, was one of their best uh, playmakers up front. Not a big guy, not especially long. I mean, that's sort of the, the question. But as you said, he's got you know real good athletic traits. I think that'll that'll serve him well in this league. Um, a real hustle player. You know, I mean, he, he obviously makes some effort plays there, and you know, I think we'll will you know outwork people who are drafted ahead of him. I suspect he's going to be a day three uh, pick somewhere in that sort of fourth, fifth, sixth round range. It's not an exceptional year for edge players, but it's a, it's an okay one in terms of depth. Uh, so he's right in that mix. You know, he'll be, you know, one of those players I could see going to like a three, four team that wants to use him off the ball a little bit as a, as a stand-up rusher. But yeah, I mean, high effort guy makes some, some disruptive plays, not a true sack artist per se, but a uh, good football player. I think could be, could work well in a rotation. All right, uh, Eric Edholm joining us, and uh, just a few days ago, put out his latest mock draft 
Uh, and there'll be, I'm sure, one more at least of these before we get to draft day. And uh, I'm looking at, you know, one of the things that has fascinated us, some people, uh, including one of, a guy that uh, uh, does a lot of similar things to you as far as his research and everything, Mel Kiper Jr., I think he had, you know, these guys are now predicting trades, and I know you've dabbled in that some, Eric. Uh, yeah. You know, people have the Patriots – maybe wanting to move up as high as 10. Now, we're in Cowboys country, and so that 10 pick is fascinating to a lot of us. You had Northwestern, and you're calling him an offensive tackle slash guard. We'll see where he ends up. Rashawn Slater, all right? And, and, and I, you know, I, I, I'm not saying the Cowboys don't need help at offensive line, but as right. you know, uh, Eric, we're locked in here to defense, defense yes. find that cornerback get your cornerback that can go out and play opposite of the Alabama youngster and, and roll with it um why did you slot Slater there and and do you think there is a possibility that the Cowboys grab uh do you think there's a decent possibility they would grab a tackle there at 10 yeah I if the board doesn't set up well for him like if if for some reason Patrick Sertan went ahead of him which I think I had going number eight to Carolina in that mock. I, I know you said it was a few days ago. It feels like it was about three months ago that I did it. So <laughs> if I'm off, uh, correct me. But uh, I think I had Sertan going eight. So that would be a bad situation for the Cowboys if they like him. If he's their guy at 10, obviously. Now you're questioning, hey, is J.C. Horn, Joe Horn's son, a possibility? Do we like him at 10? Can we trade down and still get him? One concern would be the Eagles at 12. That would, you know, Obviously, division rival, you'd hate to see your guy go inside the NFC East uh, if you really like him, if you were to move down, let's say. So, yeah, I, I've been putting defense and specifically cornerback in that spot for the majority of my drafts. It just happened to work out that way in this particular uh, iteration that, uh, you know, I felt like the best value would be an offensive lineman at that spot, even though clearly defense needs a lot of work. Um yeah, I mean, I guess the, the trade down possibility is one that I hadn't really considered with Dallas until sort of recently when you heard a little bit of chatter about that. And, you know, it, it would be a, you know, to see what a team would want to give up for a quarterback is potentially reaping some good benefits there. You know, I mean, you can, you can get maybe a pick next year, maybe a pick this year as well. And so, you know, even for five slots, that would make some sense. And then the question mm-hmm. becomes, is one of your corners there? Do you have an edge rusher you like? Is there is there a linebacker or a defensive you know end that you I mean a interior guy that you like? That's that's the debate they have to have you know between the Joneses and Will McClay and everybody else there. All right, Eric Edom joining us uh, from Yahoo Sports. They're uh, they're the head of their draft coverage and does such a good job. Now uh, there have been rumors that Jerry Jones has fallen in love with someone. You know, it happens every year. A few years ago, it was Johnny Manziel. Who is Jerry's who – is, who is Jerry – who does he fall in love with? Well, it's rumored to be Florida tight end Kyle Pitts. Now, yeah. one of the things Stephen Jones was talking about the other day is, hey, this run on quarterbacks, and you've got Mac Jones at three, Trey Lance, uh, the uh, North Dakota State kid at uh, – at four to the Falcons, and then Zach Wilson too. So you're you're going four quarterbacks right out of there. Well, that pushes some players down a little bit. But you have the Bengals getting the great Burrow, Kyle Pitts at number five. Any 
in, in your evaluations, and sometimes we go overboard, is this truly like the best tight end we've seen prospect-wise in like 10 years? Where, where are we with Kyle Pitts? And a little bit of this has to be tricky, Eric, because of the shortened season last year. Do you put right. too much stock in, in a few and a handful of games? Uh, where are we on Kyle Pitts? Well, for me, he was a first rounder coming into the year. I mean, I, I watched him in 2019, and you know they had a quarterback switch at Florida. And by the end of the season, I felt like Kyle Pitts was their best playmaker. Right? They have a couple guys who are in the NFL from that team, and and a couple of Teron Grimes and, and Kadarius Tony, who will also be in the NFL in this class. So it was a, it was a really talented group of pass catchers at Florida in 2019. Pitts stood out as the unicorn of the group. And then all he does is score 12 touchdowns in eight games this year. He got hurt a little bit at the end of the year, but I mean, he was, he was uncomfortable, Matt. I mean, he just, you know, like if you're, if you're, if you're a Seahawks fan or used to somebody like DK Metcalf doing freaky things out there, picture a guy who's, you know, another couple inches taller, a couple more pounds and not losing much athleticism. I mean, he can't, he can't run in a straight line as fast as DK can, but, He's got the same sort of playmaking ability, which makes him as much of a king size receiver as he is a tight end. And now he can block too. He's not terrible at it. He just, I think he needs a little bit of work there, but the effort is there, the willingness. So I know people get freaked out about the tight end thing. Like, well, look, you know, TJ Hawkinson's good, but, you know, he wasn't worth the top 10 pick or, you know, anytime like Eric Ebron and those types of guys. And I get it, but he's an offensive weapon, OW, whatever you want to call him. Like, I think he's special, and I I think he's not going to be a Rob Gronkowski in the run game as a blocker. He may not be quite as smart and physical, and I mean, he's smart. I'm just saying I don't know that he's as savvy as Travis Kelsey is the pass catcher, but he's not far off. I mean, that's the kind of player I think he could end up being is that, that Travis Kelsey type player. All right, just to freak everybody out, I would suggest your next iteration – dropping him to 10, giving him to the Cowboys, and sure. this will create uh, an enormous amount of clicks, and your bosses will be like, oh, my <laughs> gosh, what did you – this is unbelievable, Eric. And, but this, yeah. is, uh, this is really, really fun, um, uh, thinking about these things. And that would create the greatest offense in NFL history, okay? It that would. would uh, yeah. Yes, with, for, with, uh, with Dak There's and all no that doubt. kind of thing. Oh, I mean, if that were to happen, first of all, I could, I could get on the Cowboys fans' good side after you know mocking them a guard-slash-tackle, right? So I could atone yeah. for that. And then I would also complete the circle, and you know Dak Prescott would throw for six thousand yards. Yeah, it's it, it, it'd be perfect. It's funny how certain schools it's hard to get excited about, and even though they had a really good season, and now the Newsom the third is a nice player, the the yeah. cornerback out of Northwestern. I got to tell you, man, for some reason, like I hear a Northwestern player, and I think, uh, <laughs> man, smart guys, smart guys, not very athletic. You know, like I just kind of. Right. I just have a, you know, it's like a bias against uh, against Northwestern for being some sort of academic bastion or something. Hey, look, I mean, uh, he sort of breaks the mold a little bit, too, because he's smart. Yes, of course, you got to be to get into Northwestern. Freakishly athletic, not huge, but he's a really, really good athlete. And he's sort of this feisty guy who wants to talk trash to people. So he's, 
as anti-Northwestern establishment as I think it gets, right? And and uh, I would feel good about him as a first-round pick, but not a 10. I don't know that you'd He's been hurt all three years, so I would feel a little bit risky about that. But I get you. The, the bias is real, but once you see the tape, you you know this is a different kind of dude. All right, Eric uh, Edom joining us from Yahoo Sports, big-time uh, draft guy for them. And uh, uh, Steven Simcox, go ahead. Hey, Eric, I wanted to get your assessment of uh, a TCU safety, Trayvon Merrig. Um, I know he's gotten some – some late first round grades and mocks have him in different places, but what, what do you think of his game? Yeah, I like him a lot. I really do. I think he's got that sort of long linear frame. He's got great sort of ball instincts. Like you see him breaking on throws quicker than other safeties do. Um, I don't know that he'll be able to thrive up in the box. You see a lot of these safeties are kind of hybrid guys. They're half linebacker, half safety these days. To me, I think he's best sort of playing a little more away from the ball, but he was great in the slot last year. I mean, he can cover, you know, sort of the, the bigger slot receivers, the tight ends, the backs, things like that. His coverage ability is really natural, and I like him. I gave him, you know, just a shade below a first-round grade, and I think he'll go somewhere between, you know, the last handful of picks around one and the first handful of round two. So sort of in that 25 to 40 range, I think it's really his sweet spot. I think he'll be, a, you know, an early contributor for whatever team he lands on. All right. Well, lots of good stuff. One of my favorites was when you went down, Eric, to uh, uh, number 57, the teams that didn't have a first-round pick uh, because they made all these trades. You picked – you pick, you got a pick for them as well. And you and at the Rams, you picked like a D3 guy, Wisconsin yeah. Whitewater. I always – you know, I hear that name, and I just think there's like rapids by the campus. It just kind of seems <laughs> like a fun place. Uh, the center, Quinn – Miners, I, I, I yep. guess is M E I N E R Z, and um, that's right. man, that that's an interesting. When you go down and find guys like this, how, when did this guy get on your radar? And is he one of those guys that just kind of really, really uh, his 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 stock took off at the Senior Bowl? Yes, that's exactly it. I actually know a guy on staff there, so he'd been pumping him up to me, you know, all throughout the 2019 uh, D3 playoffs. You got to check this kid out. He's the best lineman in D3, blah, blah, blah. And his tape was good, but it really wasn't until that senior bowl, you know, and they missed the entire season. He comes down there. He taught himself how to play center, and he's kicking tail against guys from the SEC and Pac-12 and, you know, Big Ten, and it was like, whoa, okay, here we go. He belongs. And he only got in because Landon Dickerson from Alabama got hurt. So, you know, what an opportunity that he seized and, you know, really did the best with it. And I think he'll go somewhere between the 50th pick and the 80th pick, let's say. And there are three centers in that range who I think will get drafted high. Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma. Dickerson, the medical information on him has been a little sketchy. He could slide out of the first round. Uh, and then Miners would be another one that I think fits in that same range. So, We'll see. I mean, you know, it's still a level of competition to worry, but he played so well at the senior bowl. I think he helped himself as much as anybody down there. All right. Well, it's going to be fun. Uh, it's coming up quick, and uh, we'll see. Boy, this Mac Jones, the Fields thing uh, has been fascinating. The one thing I'll leave you with, and I always try to, when I have you on, I always want to give you a nugget that you can use down the road. Yeah. Uh, there is a hybrid kid at Baylor named Jalen Petrie. And, 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 boy, they arrived, the Aranda group arrived, and, and they didn't have a good season last year. But this kid went crazy, and he is now uh, considered 
uh, maybe one of the most disruptive forces in college football as kind of a hybrid safety slash linebacker in in plays kind of in the box. I mean, just makes a million plays behind the line of scrimmage, forces fumbles. So, you know, let's let's start finding a spot, you know, in that next draft. As you start to think about that at some point, Jalen Petrie, P-I-T-R-E. I just want to I just oh, yeah. want to give you that. I want to give you that. Oh, I've seen him. Yeah, no, he's he's really interesting. And, uh, you know, he'll be, I believe, a redshirt senior next year. So, I mean, he's an experienced guy, and I haven't broken him down. But I'm I'm putting him in, in red ink here on my list here right now. Boy, red, I think red ink means it's a Mosley guy. Ignore it. See, that's I right. Think any, any, anything, <laughs> I, I think that's what that means. All right, Eric, hey, we appreciate it. And uh, good luck with the draft coming up, and it's going to be really exciting. Sure. Always fun to have you, man. Thank you very much, buddy. I appreciate it. Good talking to you. There he goes, Eric Edom. And, uh, boy, we have uh, John Morris' show coming up next.